Hey, welcome back to Vigilant Hockey. This is Chris, and today's co-host, Sebastian. Hello, hello. And you know us, we're just a goalie and a goon that have taken one too many pucks or fists to the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So be sure to follow us on Twitter to let us know what you think, and also be sure to comment and share any hockey games, news, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So Sebastian, today is all about junior hockey camps and i'm going to be asking you a bunch of questions about how those are because i actually never went to one and you just went through one so what i want to say is you're going to kind of clarify different things but like you just wrapped one up you just wrapped up a, a junior a free agent camp this weekend and i thought this was a really good time to just kind of ask you about that and what happens at free agent camps specifically the one you just did in carlton place yeah and uh you know we were talking about it before we were on the podcast and of course this is going to be a little different for for everyone um, obviously, here in Crown Place, we have our um, our tier system of the U18, Junior B, and Junior A. So having kids try to make the jump, you see kind of a, a good spread of kids. So, you know, for example, we had four teams, um, and it was spread out from, you know, a couple Junior A guys, a couple Junior B guys, a couple U18 guys, and free agents. And, you know, it was kind of all mixed, and it's usually kind of, like you said, free agents or, or guys that are trying to make the jump. So um, it might be a little different than what some other junior A camps are used to. And if that's the, if that's the case, uh, you know, reach out to us. Let's, let's have a conversation just like this and talk about how, how your camp run. Because, you know, for players who have absolutely no idea or going in the first camp, I think this is great for them to kind of get a little bit of knowledge so they're not so nervous jumping into it. Yeah, because there are a lot of free agent camps that they've been happening all summer long, all across the United States and Canada. And you just constantly see the the post for it from all these uh, junior A teams and junior B teams and, and everywhere in between. Basically, allowing players to come in, get some exposure, get some skill, be assessed. And there's just there's a lot of it happening right now, and a lot of pictures happening from Team Orange beats Team White, and then Team Blue beat Team Red, and it's like okay. But it's, it's important in that moment, and it allows the coaches and the staff to to assess players. So who gets invited to these free agent camps? Just any free agent, or is there, like, returning players as well? Yeah, so there is returning players as well. Like, for example, um, the way our new owner Brent did this year, which I thought was super smart, is every team had one to two kind of returning junior A guys on the, on the team to skate. And that's kind of A to be a leader. Kind of, you know, get a, also get a feel of how the guys are in the room, what's going on on the ice. You know, they're kind of like a having a coach on the ice with them during a game. So that, you know, I thought that was kind of neat and kind of a good way to to have the vets introduce the new guys and kind of get things meshing as fast as you can. Uh, and then, for example, we had a couple of our, you know, our junior B guys trying to make that jump to junior A, and even some of the U18 kids who were on the U18 team this year or are trying out and are old enough to kind of hit that 16-year-old card for junior A. They, you know, a bunch of them were there as well, and then there was just a good mix of kind of free agents from all over the place or even guys that maybe have been drafted for a few years but have been playing somewhere else and want to come back and, and play locally and you know are able to because they're playing at a different level so it, it's a really good mix of kind of like you said the free agents and then just kind of returning players uh, trying to make the jump or just trying to be a leader thinking about returning players versus you know you're coming into a system maybe some coaching staff you already know i guess you really can't as even a returning player assume that your spot on the team was guaranteed unless you just had an outstanding year and being able to prove that you can still be on the team is a critical asset and need especially if you're trying to return to the same team and you know maybe again maybe you were a third or fourth liner the year before but you're hoping that maybe it'll be first second line this year as maybe some of the first liners went off to d1 d3 schools or made a different jump and uh yeah it's it's, it's interesting to see what that might be like for a bunch of those returning players but that said with with carlton place being like a club style team how many coaches actually attend the camp 
So for us, um, we had all all three staffs be there. Um, we had the junior A staff, junior B, and the U18 staff. And it's a good opportunity for kind of everyone. It's a good, well, it's a good opportunity for the actual organization as you have, you know, 9 to 12, 13 coaches plus the GMs watching these kids. So, you know, when we have a roundtable discussion, there's different opinions and maybe something you missed or something you agree with with somebody or whatever it is. Um, and at the same time, it's good for... Um, I wouldn't say like building your roster, but kind of building a rough roster in your head. Okay, we know, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z are coming back this year. Uh, they're going to try out for Junior A. Uh, you know, we had them on Junior B last year, so for some reason they haven't quite been able to make the jump yet. We know what to expect. You know, maybe they'll be coming back, and we know kind of see what they're like. And then for the U18s, it's kind of you're good to see, especially a kid going from the age of like 16 to 17. You know, there, there could be a lot of growing in the summer and a lot of adding, you know, size and skill and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of cool to see your guys that you thought may be able to make the jump and see how much of a stride they've taken over that summer. So, you know, you, you get as many coaches and jams and all that in there as well. And it's just kind of, it, it, it kind of, it, it works really well because everyone kind of works off each other. Okay. So what are, what are coaches looking for in a camp? So in a camp, and I always tell guys, it's, you're not going to guarantee yourself a spot on this camp, right? It's a free agent camp. It's a pre-camp. So, I mean, you still end up going to your junior A actual camp to try to make that team. But especially for, say, free agents, you're, you know, you might have only had been contact or had some video, especially coming off a COVID year where you probably have no video or you didn't play any games. So you're showing video from two years ago and what you were doing. Uh, it gives a chance for you to show the coaches what you can do, uh, even if it's just pieces like we get it. Some, you know, we had I had a, one of our players kind of, you know, I had a rough summer didn't get to work as much as I wanted to because of injuries and this and that and this. But same time, you're seeing the work ethic. You're seeing what they can do like and then you know maybe it's a it's enough to show okay you know we're going to invite him to junior a camp um so it, it's really kind of you're really kind of looking for just just how a player can play i mean you're not looking for him to to be the next kale mccarr i mean if he's the next kale mccarr walking the camp i'd you know sign this dotted line let's go right now but um you're just kind of looking see how the players progress in the summer for the ones that are returning and just kind of see how these free agents play and they fit in with your core group okay so then we're coming out of COVID-19. Oh, I'd say we're coming out of it. It's still going on. The Delta variant's making us all miserable. But what, what consideration as a coaching staff is kind of in the back of your minds when you're assessing a player and being aware that they may have not been able to get all the ice time or, or gym time or whatever's needed. Like all these years past, these players have been able to get ice time and gym time and experience. They're coming out of covid I can't even get into a gym membership anywhere right now because the gyms aren't really necessarily open. They're starting to open it now, but you know, I still definitely have a COVID body. So what considerations as coaches are you kind of giving players in terms of that? I know you're still looking for the best skilled players, but in terms of the development of the player and different attributes you're seeing in a player, how is COVID-19 and the impact on the player had in, in terms of making like your decisions for your team? And I think I can only speak on like my behalf and how, the opinion I put in on a player when we're at a camp like this. For me, uh, you know, you look back at the years past. You know, maybe oh, I, you know, last year's COVID nineteen year, I got to play one game, which is a very common. People say I got to play one to five games, as that's the max really. I mean, everyone else was kind of if they got lucky, they got to play more games. But that being said, you're able to look back at the past stats. Okay, this kid, you know, the year before played forty two games, had like a hundred points, and the year before had ninety points. So you can kind of see that he's consistent. So you can kind of lean on that. When it comes to fitness, and I actually had one of my players say this to me, you know, it's just hard. I couldn't get into a gym. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. And, and to me, it's just, well, can you not open your front door and just go for a run? Can you not do some body lunges? Can you not, 
you know, do some push-ups, jumping jacks, whatever it is, because the player that was saying this to me, and they weren't actually at camp, it's just a player that I've had before on another team who was kind of saying that he's nervous about going into a camp. And I just said, you know, you're, you're, you're going to find that players found a way. If a player wants to play Division One, a player wants to go to the OHL, a player wants to move on, wants to move up, they found a way to make fitness happen. So, you know, if, if a player doesn't want to make that, that you know, push to go for a run or to just do some bodyweight fitness or even fill up a water jug, which I did the start of COVID, or a laundry detergent jug with water and use it for, you know, for curls or whatever, at the end of the day, the other players are finding ways to do that. So it's kind of hard when you tell a coaching staff, well, I was unable to get in shape because I didn't have a gym. But yet, you know, little Johnny just strolled in and put on 15 pounds lifting wooden wooden blocks or whatever he was able to find to get work in so it's 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 not really you can't really give them a slide for that i mean you can kind of say okay i get it you haven't played a game you know your skating might be a little off your shooting might be a little off or when they come in and they're super you know out of shape or whatever that's that's different that's kind of that, that might be a will away kind of thing when things get tough for a player is that how they're going to act are they going to back off or are they going to find a way to make things happen so basically building your hockey iq on nhl 21 isn't going to qualify as a good answer I mean, you might have a quick trigger finger, but that's about it. <laughs> so, so all that said, what's your favorite part of the free agent camps? Uh, I think my favorite part of the free agent camps is just kind of getting to see everyone back together again, especially this year. This is my favorite part, just having hockey back. Obviously, it was non-contact still and just kind of things moving. There's a couple guys bumping into each other or whatever. Uh, but it's just having that hockey atmosphere back. You know, have all the coaching staffs together. You know, you're, for example, we were up in kind of an upstairs room looking down on the ice watching it. You know, we're having discussions about hockey and what we think about certain guys or certain skills or, you know, talk about their stats. And we're looking up, you know, where they played before. And it's just kind of getting the hockey juices flowing. To me, my favorite part about this is just it ramps you up. Like right now, I'm like, I would call it a hockey high. And I'm just looking forward to, you know, for us, September 10th, which is camp. Like it's a, it's a month away and I'm just like fired up for it. I feel you on that, man. Just having that hockey high, knowing that I can actually join a club here as I've just relocated to Denmark. And I think in just a week, not even a week, less than a week, they actually open up adult sports to actually compete. Because right now youth sports have been open, I think, a little bit, but they haven't allowed anything basically with adults recreationally to be allowed. And I mean, it's pretty wide open here. Nobody's wearing masks anywhere. Except for public transportation, they recommend you wear it, but you're not required. And to know that hockey is opening up here in just a few days, especially at the brand new ice rink I just walked by a few days ago, knowing that I could have hockey back in my life actively is really, 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 really exciting. I can't wait to get back into a rink and smell that disgustingly awesome hockey smell and and hit the blue paint and just get back to it. So I think the excitement is being felt by us hockey fans worldwide for sure. It's like a, it's like a kid on Christmas. Really? That's, that's what it feels like after a year and a half of lockdown. And I know in, in certain areas of the world right now, particularly our listeners right there in the United States, it's spreading all over again, but uh, a lot of the places are still opening up. Things are getting exciting, but uh, hopefully things stay in control in terms of the virus and we can all get back to being some level of normal. So get vaccinated if you haven't been vaccinated. Seriously. And if you don't like that opinion, listen to another podcast. (laughs) But all of that said, walk us through like a rough schedule for both the players and the coaches for a camp like this. Yeah. So, for example, I'll, I'll lay it out just literally what ours was. So on Friday night, we had kind of split the teams 
into uh, three squads. We had four teams, we swim in three squads, and we just did kind of like a, a practice plan. So our, our uh, junior head coach and owner, um, Brent, went through and, and had like a practice. Work the guys decently hard, you know, get their feet moving. You're about to go into a pretty heavy hockey weekend. So, you know, get the lungs burning a little bit, get moving. So they do that Friday night, and then right after, there's a goalie session. So every goalie was invited to a camp, uh, including, you know, say the junior A goalies who may be just going straight to main camp. Um, they would go and do a goalie session with our, our goaltender coach. And, you know, you had like six or seven nets on the ice, and you got different shooters, and you're working on different things. So they get their own hour to kind of be seen by the coaches and by the goalie coach. Then we move right into um, Saturday morning, you know, bright and early, 9 a.m. Coaches are there by like 7.30. Uh, we're getting set up. Players show up, you know, it's a quick, it's basically like a inner squad game. We got, say, blue versus yellow. They play out a game. It's a full full game, 20 minutes. Um, it's stopped. It's uh, run time, though, just because, you know, a lot of these guys haven't been on the ice in a while. We also don't want to have anyone having a heart attack. So three periods, 20-minute run time. Refs are on the ice. It's a full game. No contact. Like, you can bump, you know, push, whatever. Um, get, the, you know, get get competing, get get pushing guys. The players, obviously, them being competitors, I, I remember talking to one player being like, oh, we're 3-0, and I'm like, I couldn't tell you who won what games. I'm looking at, you know, we're looking at guys. As coaches, we're looking at the guys, what they're doing, and all the players, of course, they want to win the quote-unquote championship that doesn't actually exist. Um, so, you know, we're, you know, the players play through their game, so they'll have, for example, on the first day, we had four games, so each team... Um, so, you know, blue versus yellow and then gray versus white and white versus yellow and, you know, vice versa. So they each team play like that. And then on the Sunday, same thing, coaches are in at 730 in the morning. Players come in at nine, uh, have two quick, have two regular games, play back to back. And then the coaches would get together. And, and this would happen also in between games on breaks where coaches would get together and compare players, what we liked, you know, maybe what we'd like to see from them, what we thought they did well, you know, what we need as, as a staff on our roster how can that player fill that that role um, and at the end of it so we would have everyone sat down together we went through player by player on the rosters what we thought of them um, where we see them fitting in um, you know should they get a, a, an invite to camp should they not was it for you know is it should they not because maybe they weren't quite ready skilled or physically yet to be at the junior a level whatever it may be and then um just because of COVID this year, we usually have actual exit meeting with players. A player going to meet in a room with the, the GMs and, the, and uh, Brent, or, or the coach, and kind of talk about what's going on and what's going on. But he, so this year, he decided to do a phone calls just to limit closed quarters interactions because you also don't want to have this conversation in a big room full of people. Like it's it's a private conversation between a coach and a player, and you talk about you know what happened at camp and what your plans are for them, kind of thing. So he, he went ahead and he called everybody and kind of lets them know, you know, are you invited into camp? Or do we see you maybe being a junior player? What do you think of that? Or, you know, maybe, hey, you know, you haven't quite hit your stride this year. We see you're playing at this team. That's a great team with great coaches. Go develop. Come back next year. You know, we think you have a much better shot. So that's kind of how that entire camp goes. It's really just a free agent camp. Guys get together. They play games. Um, like I said, the players think it's just, there's a championship at the end. There really isn't. Coaches evaluate. And then we move on into, you know, a month from now when we go into, into our real camp. Okay, so like then after a camp, can a player reach out to teams and try to get a main camp invite? Yeah, so you know a free agent, even say for example, you show up to camp, and I say, you know, Chris, I thought you did really well. Uh, we'd like to invite you to our junior main camp. Well, you can as a free agent, like unless you are drafted by that team, especially in the CCHL. So if you're drafted by Carlton Place, obviously you need to go to Carlton Place. 
But if you're a free agent coming from Quebec and you haven't been drafted by any teams and you've been kind of invited to different camps, well, you can actually say to them, you know, ah, sorry, I'm actually thinking I'm going to go to so-and-so's camp or, you know, this camp's on the same weekend as this camp and go to this camp. Or you can say, hey, yeah, I'll be at your camp, but the following weekend I'm going to be at so-and-so camp. And, you know, players sometimes think that's kind of a, I'm going to put the pressure on them to sign me. But at the same time, if, if you're on if you're on offensive about a player, like, yeah, yeah come to camp then work for it. Don't just say, hey, like, I know I had a so-so camp, but if you don't sign me, I'm going to go somewhere else. And I, I think some players sometimes like to do that. As a coach to me, I'm like, that. you might, if you get to a really desperate team, they might, you know, sign you on the spot and do that. But at the same time, you're starting off on a, on a bad foot with a coaching staff. Like, I would never want to be a player putting a coach in that position because then if I get signed and I show up to camp and I have an okay camp but not a great camp, they're a little mad at me because I forced them to sign to sign me and now I'm not very good or I came back out of shape or whatever it is so these guys can kind of as long as they're a free agent can kind of go to any camp and they'll usually be invited to different camps anyway so they'll know where to go or what they want to do yeah because teams are uh, restricted to how many players like they can actually have by the time the season starts correct yeah, so there's I I don't know the exact number of cards. You know, hard GM would know this off by heart, but there's an amount, a certain amount of cards that you can have allotted to your team, um, and you can carry that amount of players for a certain amount of time in the season, and then you have to cut down to a certain amount. Um, once you cut down to that certain amount, that's kind of like where you're at. You're pushing into the playoffs with those numbers. It is what it is. So you know, you might start off, for example, uh, and this is a rough number. Let's say 22 cards. I think I think it's more than that to start off. But you start off with 22 cards. And then by December or whatever the date is, again, don't quote me, I don't actually know it, you know, you have to cut down to, say, 20 players. So you got to cut down those few players. So you can start off with, you start off with a certain amount of guys, and those are even guys that just sit in the stands or just go to practice. So you can't just have guys floating around and hopefully one day you'll sign them to a card. So it's pretty strict that way, and, and I think it's good because you don't have, you know, greedy owners who are like, well, I'm going to make this kid pay me. 700 to 800 dollars a month but i'm never actually going to sign him and i'm never going to play him but he's so blinded by the fact that he's here that he's never going to notice yeah that's actually a really good point you brought up there because there are going to be some greedy owners out there that are just going to want players out there to just keep collecting that money and uh, you know i think i think even with the nahl drafted and all you know, player, teams are only allowed to draft as many spots as they have available, I believe it is. there. I'd have to look into details of it, but it was like certain teams were able to draft a lot of players and certain teams were only able to draft a few based on roster spots were already filled for them. Yeah, and I think that's super smart because it, it protects the player. I mean, don't get me wrong, you might have a player where you're like, oh, you know what, he's a year away, but you're not willing to commit a card to him and he's a free agent. Well, maybe a team who's not in a position where you are, where you have these roster spots, are thinking, you know what, he might be a year away, but also playing the year in this league might bump up that, you know, he might be, you know, four or five weeks away getting into this competition and starting to feel it. So they're going to pick him. So instead of having, you know, teams hoard guys and just collect money off them and, you know, potentially just waste them, I think it's good to have these rules in and just kind of really protect the players. No, I agree with that. So, so just to wrap this up, what's one or two things you'd like to tell players who are just about to walk into their first free agent or even their main camp? Um, I think the first thing, and, and this is cliche, but I always tell my players this because it's true, is just have fun. You're going into a camp, you have enough pressure on you, and it's probably from yourself. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm never going to go into a room and say, hey, you know, you got to score two goals or you're not going to make this team. Like, that's no one's ever going to do that to you. But players do that to themselves. Okay, I need to score a goal today. Like, I didn't score yesterday, I got to score today. Relax, have fun. If you're a good hockey player and you worked your ass off all offseason, it's going to show. You're going to be in shape, you're going to skate circles around guys. Uh, if you sat on the couch, drank beer, ate potato chips, and played chow all summer, that's going to show because you're going to stand in one spot and you're going to be gassed by going to the bench. So, you know, 
first of all, if, if, you're, if you're going into your first camp, and if I could tell you this well in advance, is put the work in. You know where you want to be. Work to where you want to be. Don't just get to where you want to be and then work to stay there. Work to where you want to be so that way it's an easy job to stay. Uh, and then again, like I said, just have fun. For guys that are returning, you kind of you know that you know if you have an off weekend, coaches know what they've seen from you. And guys that are free agents who have never seen, like don't forget, like there's there's video out there, there's stats out there. Just have fun. Uh, don't change who you are, and um, you know just just enjoy the weekend. Yeah, because I think sometimes, like you said, there might be pressure on players to to score a certain amount of goals in their head or something. But the the coaches are going to notice Joe Thornton. They're going to notice the guy who baits the players and realizes the net's not open, but finds the guy who's there and and gives them the puck. They're not and looking it, for the goal scorers. They're looking for the smart hockey players. It doesn't even he can even just be the hard worker. Like we we had some guys this camp this camp where I was like, wow, like you know maybe he doesn't have an elite shot or maybe he doesn't have elite skating or whatever. But you know every shift he's on the puck. He's pushing bodies he's forcing them to make bad plays because it's in their face you know the puck gets dumped in he's the first guy picking it up you know for a goalie you know maybe he you know got beat glove side four or five times in a row and that's his weakness but once that puck is on the ice he's battling he battles 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 and he's hard to score on yeah he's got a weak spot but everywhere else seems to be pretty solid and he's battling whatever it is it's just you just got to put in that work. I mean, if, if something's not working for you, if you're not shooting well, well, you know what? Just a few passes. If you're not passing well, you know, maybe work with your teammates, figure that out and get some shots off. Um, you know, maybe if you got some sick hands and you're used to dangling absolutely everybody at the lower level and you get to this level and you notice, hey, this guy's got, a, you know, almost a foot longer reach and I can't dangle him because he's going to poke the puck away from me. Find a different aspect of your game. Like, you know, as hockey players, we need to be multifaceted and you need to have different kind of values of what you are. You know, you're a good passer, you're a good shooter. Well, use something else. You know, you're you're not a one-trick pony. Uh, you know, at this point, if you're playing junior hockey, you're not a one-trick pony kind of player. Find that other trick and use that to make yourself stand out. Yeah, and the, you know what, Seabass? Thanks for pumping us all with that information because there's a lot of people that might be going into camps that have some questions that you may have just answered there. But if, if you didn't answer one of your questions, feel free to reach out to us. Hit us up on Twitter at PHH official and let us know, you know, maybe some questions you'd like to ask a coach and or maybe we'll bring it on to a future episode or we can just answer you right there on Twitter. But until then, this is Chris and Sebastian at Pigeon Hockey. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time. <laughs>